Part Three, Chapter Fifteen of By What Authority by Robert Hugh Benson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Rolling of the Stone. It was a week later, and a little before dawn, that Isabel was kneeling by Anthony's bed in his room in the tower. The lieutenant had sent for her to his lodging the evening before, and she had spent the whole night with her brother he had been racked four times in one week and was dying the city and the prison were very quiet now the carts had not yet begun to roll over the cobblestones and the last night wanderers had gone home he lay on the mattress that she had sent in to him in the corner of his cell under the window on his back and very still covered from chin to feet with her own fur-lined cloak that she had thrown over him. His head was on a low pillow, for he could not bear to lie high. His feet made a little mound under the coverlet, and his arms lay straight at his side. But all that could be seen of him was his face, pinched and white now, with hollows in his cheeks and dark patches and lines beneath his closed eyes, and his soft pointed brown beard that just rested on the fur edging of isabel's cloak his lips were drawn tight but slightly parted showing the rim of his white teeth as if he snarled with pain the only furniture in the room was a single table and chair the table was drawn up not far from the bed and a book or two with a flask of cordial and some fragments of food on a plate lay upon it his cloak and doublet and ruff lay across the chair and his shoes below it and a little linen lay in a pile in another corner but the clothes in which he had been tortured the evening before his shirt and hose could not be taken off him and he lay in them still they had been so soaked with sweat that isabel had found him shivering and laid her cloak over him and now he lay quiet and warm earlier in the night she had been reading to him and a taper still burned in a candlestick on the table but for the last two hours he had lain either in a sleep or a swoon and she had laid the book down and was watching him he was so motionless that he would have seemed dead except for the steady rise and fall of a fold in the mantle and for a sudden muscular twitch every few minutes isabel herself was scarcely less motionless her face was clear and pale as it always was but perfectly serene and even her lips did not quiver she was kneeling and leaning back now and her hands were clasped in her lap there was a proud content in her face her dear brother had not uttered one name on the rack except those of the saviour and of the blessed mother so the lieutenant had told her suddenly his eyes opened and there was nothing but peace in them and his lips moved isabel leaned forward on her hands and bent her ear to his mouth till his breath was warm on it and she could hear the whisper then she opened the book that lay face down on the table and began to read on from the point at which she had laid it down two hours before erat autem ora tertia et crucifixerunt eum 
and it was the third hour and they crucified him and with him they crucified two thieves the one on his right hand and the other on his left and the scripture was fulfilled which saith and he was numbered with the transgressors her voice was slow and steady as she read the unfamiliar latin still kneeling with the book a little raised to catch the candlelight and her grave tranquil eyes bent upon it only once did her voice falter and then she commanded it again immediately and that as she read errant autem et mulieres de longe aspicientes there were also women looking on afar off and so the tale crept on minute by minute and the priest lay with closed eyes to hear it until the mocking was complete and the darkness of the sixth hour had come and gone and the saviour had cried aloud on his father and given up the ghost and the centurion that stood by had borne witness and the great criminal slept in the garden in the sepulchre wherein was never man yet laid there was a listening silence as the voice ceased without another falter isabel laid the book down and looked at him again and his eyes opened languidly he had not yet said more than single words and even now his voice was so faint that she had to put her ear close to his mouth it seemed to her that his soul had gone into some secret inner chamber of profound peace so deep that it was a long and difficult task to send a thought to the surface through his lips she could just hear him and she answered clearly and slowly as to a dazed child pausing between every word i cannot get a priest it is not allowed still his eyes bent on her what was it he said what was it then she heard and began to repeat short acts of contrition clearly and distinctly pausing between the phrases in english and his eyes closed as she began oh my jesus i am heartily sorry that i have crucified thee by my sins wash my soul in thy precious blood o oh my god i am sorry that i have displeased thee because thou art all good i hate all the sins that i have done against thy divine majesty and so phrase after phrase she went on giving him time to hear and to make an inner assent of the will and repeating also other short vocal prayers that she knew by heart and so the delicate skein of prayer rose from the altar where this morning sacrifice lay before god waiting the consummation of his acceptance presently she ended and he lay again with closed eyes and mute face then again they opened and she bent down to listen it will all be well with me she answered raising her head again mistress margaret has written from brussels i shall go there for a while yes mr buxton will take me next week he goes to normandy 
to his estate again his lips moved and she listened a faint flush came over her face she shook her head i do not know i think not i hope to enter religion no i have not yet determined the dower house yes i will sell it yes to hubert if he wishes it every word he whispered was such an effort that she had to pause again and again before he could make her understand and often she judged more by the movement of his lips than by any sound that came from him now and then too she lifted her handkerchief soaked in a strong violet scent and passed it over his forehead and lips she motioned with the flask of cordial once or twice but his eyes closed for a negative as she knelt and watched him her thoughts circled continually in little flights to the walled garden of the dower house in sunshine and anthony running across it in his brown suit with the wallflowers behind him against the old red bricks and ivy and the tall chestnut rising behind to the wind-swept hills with the thistles and the goldenrod and the hazel thickets and anthony on his pony sunburnt and voluble hawk on wrist with a light in his eyes to the warm panelled hall in winter with the tapers on the round table and anthony flat on his face with his feet in the air before the hearth that glowed and roared up the wide chimney behind and his chin on his hands and a book open before him or farther back even still to anthony's little room at the top of the house his clothes on a chair and the boy himself sitting up in bed with his arms round his knees as she came in to wish him good-night and talk to him a minute or two and every time the circling thought came home and settled again on the sight of that still straight figure lying on the mattress against the discoloured bricks with the light of the taper glimmering on his thin face and brown hair and beard and every time her heart consented that this was the best of all a bird chirped suddenly from some hole in the tower once and then three or four times she glanced up at the window and the light of dawn was beginning then as the minutes went by the city began to stir itself from sleep there came a hollow whine from the lion gate fifty yards away up from the river came the shout of a waterman two or three times a late cock crew and still the light crept on and broadened but anthony still lay with his eyes closed at last over the cobbles outside a cart rattled turned a corner and was silent anthony had opened his eyes now and was looking at her again and again she bent down to listen and then opened and read again et cum transiset sabatum maria magdalene et maria jacobi et salome emerunt aromata et venientes ungerent jesum and when the sabbath was past mary magdalene and mary the mother of james and salome had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him a slight sound made her look up anthony's eyes were kindling and his lips moved she bent again and listened what was it he said yes it was so and she smiled and nodded at him 
she was reading the gospel for easter day the gospel of the first mass that they had heard together on that spring morning at great keen when their lord had led them so far round by separate paths to meet one another at his altar and now they were met again here she read on at valde mane una sabatorum veniunt ad monumentum orto jam sole very early they came into the sepulchre at the rising of the sun and they said among themselves who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulchre and when they looked they saw that the stone was rolled away for it was very great manus valde read isabel and looked up again and then closed the book there was no need to read more she walked across the court half an hour later just as the sun came up and passed out through the lieutenant's lodging and out by the narrow bridge on to the tower wharf to the left and behind her as she looked eastwards down the river lay the heavy masses of the prison she had left and the high walls and turrets were gilded with glory the broad river itself was one rolling glory too the tide was coming in swift and strong and a barge or two moved upwards only half seen in the bewildering path of the sun the air was cool and keen and a breeze from the water stirred isabel's hair as she stood looking with the light on her face it was a cloudless october morning overhead even as she stood a flock of pigeons streamed across from the south side swift flying and bathed in light and her eyes followed them a moment or two as she stood there silent a step came up the wharf from the direction of st catherine street and a man came walking quickly towards her he did not see who she was until he was close and then he started and took off his hat it was lackington on his way to some business at the tower but she did not seem to see him she turned almost immediately and began to walk westwards and the glory in her eyes was supreme and as she went the day deepened above her end of part three chapter fifteen end of by what authority by robert hugh benson recording by carol pelster